Welcome to Legends from the Fireside. Standing upon the shoulders of giants in this genre, Legends from the Fireside is a hybrid storytelling RPG podcast set within worlds of sword and sorcery. In our tales, the dice tell the fates of those worlds, for good or for ill. No character is sacred. Survival is not guaranteed. As storyteller and game master, I craft the narrative from these dice rules and create quests from this chaos, all without knowing what could happen next. Listener discretion is advised, as we may explore dark corners of this genre. But, come now, for adventure awaits, listen in to the legends from the fireside. Welcome back to Legends from the Fireside. In this episode of Legends from the Fireside, which I'm going to consider a bonus episode, and probably episode 10.5, I'm going to go over what has happened in the past 10 episodes, as well as do a little bit of housekeeping, as well as a bit of a review of how the show has been going so far. So if you've listened to pretty much every episode up to this point, the first half is going to be very redundant, but the second half may be of interest to you. For those of you who are just jumping into the show, or like a quick refresher, the first half will be a very easy way of getting some cliff notes on what's happened so far, and it'll skip having to listen to hours of content. So, where do we begin? In episodes 1 through 10, we begin with humble beginnings in the bottom of a roadside inn, where Nem, the dwarf, and Morris, the human fighter, both appear to be tied up. They seem to be victims of some strange plot held by highwaymen or bandits in the area, and somehow they manage to get out alive. The men escape, turning their sights on Oak Hollow, a nearby town, where they were told that their gear may have ended up. Of the characters that the party run into here at this tavern, a sly thief named Flynn, who attempts to pull a trick on the duo, joins their ranks when he has an idea of where their stolen gear may have ended up. Flynn suggests they go speak with the pawnbroker named Silverfingers in the town of Oak Hollow, and the party make way in that direction. Having no gear, and having very little training in the ways of combat, the party have a difficult travel on their way to Oak Hollow. But, luckily, they encounter a man named Terriad, who was a traveling cleric of the god of travel, Hemwall. The quartet, now arriving in Oak Hollow, realize that the place seems lousy with some sort of strange sickness, whereby people seem to be falling asleep or drifting into comas. Flynn, having known Silverfingers the pawnbroker, attempts to make a deal with him in order to get some work for some money so that the party members can get some new gear, seeing how their old gear is nowhere to be found. Silverfingers told them that a customer of his has been looking for a shipment of dangerous alchemical components, 
though these alchemical components did not arrive at the shipping spot. A survivor of this waylaying of the goods told the pawnbroker that they'd been assailed by gnolls along the path. With a quick flashback, we learn more about the Bandit King, the master of fear, Talagor, who seems to be our true first villain in this campaign. Talagor and his no-nonsense approach to leadership are displayed here where we learn about the gnolls and what had happened with these goods. The party then venture where the package was last seen in a tiny abandoned hamlet known as Lita. While in the trade post, they meet a new accomplice to the party, the ever-unstable assassin named Econ, and this accomplice claimed to know the way to the hamlet they were seeking. Once they arrived at this hamlet, they got into a bloody fight with the gnolls, losing quite a few members of the party in this battle. And truly, we learn what it means to play an old-school RPG. Morris and Teriad are the only survivors, as Nem, Flynn, and Econ are all killed in this fight. Teriad and Morris loot the camp with the time that they have available to them, and they find the missing parcel they had been hired to find. Being wounded and exhausted, the duo prayed for some aid in their journey, and came across a camp of adventurers. In fact, the adventurers they came across were nothing less than evil. Their names, Salisbaum, the Wizard, Felia, the Half-Elf, and Welgar, a warrior. These individuals had allowed the duo into their camp, and once they had entered the camp, these evil adventurers took it upon themselves to thumb through all of the loot and the gear that Morris and Teriad had fought for their lives for. Unfortunately for the evil adventurers, they were unaware of the effects of the alchemical components that the two of them had found. And as they opened the container of this mysterious powder, they all fell unconscious in a deep slumber. Morris and Teriad, not willing to pass up this chance to get out of here alive, decided that they would rob this trio, finding a magical spear, a ring, and a potion. Fearing the vengeance of these strangers, Morris and Teriad hurried to Oak Hollow, hearing tales of Talagor, the bandit king, and his exploits and terror at each stop on their way. Hearing of Flynn's untimely demise, Silverfingers paid the duo and broke ties with them. The duo enjoyed some downtime, realizing what sort of magical powers the ring, the spear, and the potion had, finding that the spear itself allowed Morris to communicate with birds, while also being a very well-made elvish weapon. The ring was one of fire resistance, and the potion was a potion of speed. As the duo enjoyed this downtime in town, they found that the sleeping sickness befalling Oak Hollow was getting worse. The town alchemist's apprentice, Belgin the Gnome, and a local ranger, Thanel, got roped into helping the town, as it was the right thing to do. They agreed to find a rare alchemical component known as Irebloom in an abandoned monastery, though the alchemist warned his apprentice of a potential rival alchemist living within this monastery and causing this sickness with some sort of alchemical runoff. The party then braved the wilderness in order to reach the monastery, meeting a local eccentric and encountering a strange ghost along the way. After killing the rival alchemist Alquod's minion, they fought the evil gnome himself, head-on, killing him, 
only to fall victim to his alchemical sleeping poisons. Belgin, being the only one to withstand this poison, continued skulking around, retrieving iron bloom and much treasure. Of this treasure, Belgin also discovered some communications between Alquode and a cult of sorts known only as the Ravenous Maw. After discovering they were being watched by some aberrant life form, he sought safety among his friends. The party agreed to leave in the morning and head back, though their farmer friend was now missing. The party arrived in Oak Hollow to find it was targeted by Talagor and his minions, and the townsfolk were all robbed. They distributed the antidote made by the alchemist and cured the people's sickness, but only to be the victims of a raid by Talagor and his bandits. They raided the town and killed many people, taking many prisoners to ransom off, though the party agreed they wouldn't let this bandit king Talagor get the last laugh, as they promised to exact their revenge and retrieve the kidnapped townsfolk. Now, as promised, I figure I'll do some checking in. First off, I want to give some special thanks to some people. First, I'd like to thank my old roommate Anthony, who has been alongside me this whole journey with this solo play RPG experience, helping out with a bit of the writing, as well as chucking and rolling dice, helping me arbiter a lot of the rules and situations that got a little bit too hairy. Next, I'd also really like to thank my partner Zoe, who lent her voice to the character Thanel, and even though she's not a huge fan of doing voice acting, I still think she did a really good job, even if she doesn't feel that way. Lastly, I'd like to give a bit of a shout-out to Richard Burley on Twitter. I don't know that he's the only Richard Burley out there, but he's the only Richard Burley for me. So, I will say that he's been interacting with a lot of the posts and been saying a lot of really nice things, and honestly, that means a lot to me. While on the topic of the shout-outs and everybody having nice things to say, everybody who's written a review and everybody who's left a comment on the, on the show, I'm over the moon. I'm happy about this. I'm so grateful to know people not only listen to this show, but like it. So, again, if anybody has any kind words to say, I'm more than willing to give you a shout-out at the end of an episode. It really means the world to me to know that some people out there like the story that the dice are weaving and the one that I'm allowed to tell. I'd also like to give a shout out to Tale of the Manticore for so graciously offering me a spot to plug my show in the middle of his. It definitely did quite a lot to boost the numbers for my show and really spread awareness of what I'm trying to do here. And obviously, the last shout out I'll give is anybody who's listened to even one of the episodes of this. It's been really awesome creating this and watching the show continue. And to be honest, I'm kind of surprised I've even made it to a ten and a half if episode and this sort of project was no small undertaking as I also have a second podcast I'm also in school have the full-time job so finding time to edit this show and put it all together can be difficult at times but knowing that people enjoy it and are willing to listen again I can't stress how much that means to me so on to other business I figure I would take a little time to talk about what's going on behind the screen and explain that me and, again, my old roommate Anthony have had a pretty decent time having our little solo play experiences over Zoom where we've been rolling the dice, seeing what happens, and figuring out how we're going to make sense of what's going on here. 
as far as editing and production goes, I definitely feel like I've gotten a lot better at it, and I think that over time I'm only going to get better, and it's all going to be a much more fluent experience, but timing things like sound effects, finding ways to change the sound effects for dice rolls to make it not sound like the same noise, it's little tips that I'm picking up along the way to make the experience, I think, a bit better. And frankly, I think if you listen to episode 10 and you listen to that ending with the screaming and the glass and the horses and the fire, I really feel like I'm starting to grasp how to do this. And it's definitely a confidence booster with producing this. Next, I'd also like to say that as far as making the music for the show goes, I've really taken a liking to making dungeon synth sort of soundtrack kind of stuff. Granted, if I'm making the music for the show, I try to make it stuff that I can loop for the sake of background music, but I've definitely taken quite a liking to just making music for the sake thereof. So don't be surprised if in the future I plug perhaps an album or something on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. Um, I've definitely got a lot of material up to this point, and it's been really nice to see how the hobby of making music has really been fostered by making this podcast so it's been really neat to see that hobby grow as well next i'd like to say that the experience of running a solo rpg is something that i think if you asked me 10 years ago how i felt about it i'd probably laugh at the idea and say it sounds pretty stupid and like a waste of time but in a sense out of the three games i run including the solo one there's something genuinely fulfilling about running a solo RPG. Something about the characters coming to life spontaneously and simply through dice rolls, it just makes them feel more special than ones that individuals at a table come up with in a weird and very different kind of way. So it's just interesting to think about how organically, you know, the romance between Thanel and Morris has sparked up looking at how Morris and Terriad have their own sort of relationship where Terriad definitely takes on the mantle of being a more knowing character and Morris is a young guy who's learning a lot about the world in a very painful way. Belgen being, you know, obviously a favorite up to this point, representing sort of the alien nature of being a gnome in a world of humans, being different yet brave and frankly, he's very quickly becoming a favorite of mine. I'm not going to give anything away, but let's just say episodes that are going to be coming up, Belgen's definitely going to prove his bravery yet again. The last thing that I want to touch upon before wrapping this all up is I've really enjoyed being part of the OSR community with this show and being able to be part of old school gaming and it's seemingly biggest boom we've seen since the original publications of things like AD&D and BX. It's been a lot of fun seeing the first-hand nature of how dangerous this game can be, with, you know, my first major combat encounter involving a near TPK, looking at all these characters like Belgen who could die with a single hit, and having to have that feeling of, do I want to invest all of my thought and energy and a dramatis personae to a character that could die in one hit? And every victory that they've encountered has been one that's 
really nearly taken my breath away, to be honest. It's It's been a really exciting experience, and for anybody out there who doesn't already play old school games and seems to like this kind of content, either, you know, Tale of the Manticore or Legend of the Bones or my own show, I highly recommend you pick up Old School Essentials or a similar retro clone or just dive right into BX itself. You won't be sad about the experience that you get, and I really feel like people who are turning away from something like 5th edition might find that this is an edition they would really enjoy. So, again, I'd like to say thanks for anybody listening in, especially listening to this point. It's been an amazing experience writing 10 episodes, and here's to 10 more. Thank you for listening to an episode of Legends from the Fireside. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review. Some of these reviews may be read at the end of episodes. You can also reach me at Legends from the Fireside on Twitter, or you can email me at legendsfromthefireside at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to the show, and be sure to come back soon to listen to more Legends from the Fireside.